Hello, everybody. This is Callie Alford coming to you, not live from New York City, and laughing because my podcast mate, Rob, is making funny faces. Hi, I'm Robbie. So, I'm so excited to be in another episode of the Rob and Callie Show. Oh, my goodness. Do we need to sing a little? Are we going to do a little opening jingle? I, kinda, I want to do this opening song. Oh Callie has nixed it completely. Yeah, there's an embargo so, on it. Because I'm always making up songs. I'm changing the words to songs and making them my own, so... We're going to try and figure out like an opening that we can do, but we, we're not there yet. So it's just <laughs> us talking to say, hi, how you doing? My name's Rob. That's Callie. Nice to meet you. Nice so, to meet you. So let's start real quickly. Just you look by... so familiar. Really? Yeah. Do I? All right. We'll have to figure out how have we know we each other. Have we met before? Oh, wow. Um, <laughs> don't mind us, everyone. So first off, we just want to say a quick thanks um, and acknowledgement of appreciation for all of you who have already sent in questions and little notes to us regarding things you'd like us to talk about or uh, especially uh, specific questions where you might need some guidance or advice. So we're looking forward to starting to implement those into our upcoming episodes. So keep those coming at uh, at com. our email. Thanks, everybody. It's been really, really helpful. And also, if you go to iTunes and you give us a good rating, that helps as well. Oh, yes. Thank you for saying that. Uh, yes, we really appreciate the reviews and the ratings. It's a quick and easy thing to do, and it helps us to try to give to you what we're hoping we can give to you a little bit uh, more via iTunes. So they'll they'll pay more attention to us if you pay a little more attention to us. Does that sound a little desperate? No, I, I like self-aggrandizing. It. That's I'm... right. That's fine. All right, we're, okay. we're we're totally desperate. We're telling everybody. <laughs> we're admitting it to the world. We're two desperate folks trying to get this show out there. Help us out. Something like that. There yes. We go. All right. And as, shameless. Yes, kind of shameless. So this is a topic that you know this this is a big topic from for I think for both of us. We've talked about this a lot just as friends over the years, um, and that is the subject of being a good listener and being genuinely interested in people around you. Mm. And it's so loaded for me that I don't even know where to start. You know, it's something that, I mean, even as I'm talking, I think about how I was taught very consciously a lesson from my parents when we were younger. I remember my, probably it was my mom on this topic saying that um, not only to be encouraging my sister and I to be good confident, confidants when people share secrets and not to gossip, but to really learn how to listen. So I don't know if I consciously got that from her or if it's just part of my nature. Um, but I think that it is a, an underrated lost art form, the idea of listening really mindfully and attentively to people to the point where now when it does happen, it's the exception and it's noticeable to me. Mm. And I would like to start a campaign where that's not the case. Where it's a more active, help me out here. Where it's you're something, politely listening to it's me. It's something that people. Wait, <laughs> were you saying something? No, it's something where people practice or you know try and get better at listening. And I right. was thinking about how when I really, st- I mean, I've always been a pretty good listener. I've always been the kind of person where I've talked about this before in the show, where people have come to me telling me their problems, even when I was very young. Mm-hmm. And so I think I sort of have a natural ability to listen. But then there are times where I really had to learn how to hone it and to be really, I've been interested. So I guess it was just in a different way of practicing it. And I remember in my 20s really 
Because when a guy's in his 20s, he's mainly thinking about getting laid. Like, that's usually what's going on. As opposed to what are we, what are girls thinking about in their 20s? Well, that's true. So, but I can only Thank tell. Thank you for that acknowledgement. Right. I can only tell it from a guy's point of view. But, but yeah, so it's like, you know, sometimes slowing down and really paying attention to somebody <laughs> really listening is a bit of a challenge. But I remember practicing paying attention and listening to somebody in my 20s and getting better and better and better at it. And then I remember reading the book. How to Win Friends and Influence People, Dale Carnegie. Did mm. you ever read that? Mm-hmm. Really good book. And in that, it talks about how one of the ways to make an impression on somebody or to make a very strong connection with somebody is to listen to them, to show that you're really interested in what they're saying. Because really, everybody wants to talk about themselves. That's really what people like to do is they like to focus on themselves, which is just human nature. That's the whole impetus for you and I doing this podcast. Totally. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. Partial. It's really about us. I don't know if everybody's figured that out yet. They're tuning in. They're like, yeah, they're interesting. It's entertaining. Yeah, but it's really all about us. But yeah, so it was about sort of learning these things and trying to practice. And like anything, you get better and better and better at it. Mm -hmm. But I think now, you know, and we've talked about this again, now that we're in the 21st century, there's so many distractions Mm. from listening or even making any connection at all that it's nice when you meet somebody and you talk to them and they look you in the eye and they actually are listening to what you're saying and paying attention to you. And one of the things that I've, um, that I've talked to clients about, friends of mine, even I've had girlfriends where I, I've said to them, when you talk to somebody, look them in the eye, let them really see you, make that connection with them. And it just helps. Yeah, I think, wow. There, there's, there's so many ways, there's, there's so many ways that this comes into play because there is the professional and then there's the personal for me. And, and it is, I'm, I'm watching myself too. I think I'm, I'm being a little hesitant because I don't want to start sounding too complainy or negative because this is such a heated topic for me. Mm. I do pride myself and have been told often that I am a good listener. Um, I say that because it's a gift to know that that's something uh, that's, that feels like an authentic exchange that I have with people, strangers and friends alike. Mm-hmm. So I feel comfortable knowing that that's something that, um, that I do. And it comes from a place of genuine curiosity. It's fun to listen to people. It's not an act of charity. Mm-hmm. It can be sometimes, and then charity is not the right word, but it can be more for the other person than it is for you. But it's also something that can be really enriching to learn more about people, to have like an open ear for people that you haven't experienced before or somebody that's got a really cool story or somebody that can inspire you by some pain that they're experiencing or mm-hmm. something that they're going through. Mm-hmm. And so it can be looked at in that way, too. It doesn't have to be this arduous process. But it still baffles me that we are living in a society that is so riddled with narcissists and self-interested people. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying I don't have my moments where I can just be as self-interested or I need more attention and there's a lack of equilibrium. So I am Mm. not above that. I just wonder why there's so many people that are incapable of caring about listening to someone else with a true mindfulness. I really still don't have a good answer for it. But I do, you know, when, when the day comes when you and I, when it's not pointed out to us, that's a good day. When it's just part of human nature. And I still don't have a good understanding of why that isn't the case. I mean... I know, and again, I don't, I'm trying not to, I don't want to complain. I'd rather try to figure out a solution to this. But I definitely think that you're right. People want to hear themselves talk. Mm -hmm. I also think maybe people 
don't are maybe lacking the tools to know what it's like to have a comfort to look someone in the eye and really see them and hear them and try to take in their soul and their feelings. Maybe that's just too much or they don't have the bandwidth because their lives are busy and they're being taken up by their own lives. Yeah. But I don't think we have a finite, as human beings, a finite amount of space for that. I think that we can continue to stretch if we choose. Right. And so, yeah, I just, um, I don't know if it's because there's such an, in an over inundation of technology and distractions and mm. people's lives are busy and times are harder and, you know, the economy and losing jobs and all those things that are very valid reasons for people to be caught up in their own stuff. Right. But I've been witnessing this for as long as I've been on the planet, and I don't know how how legit because there's always going to be some excuse. So, right. what do you attribute it to? What do you think? Well, it's I think a big reason for a lot of people appreciating when they're listened to is they probably weren't listened to a lot as a kid. I think it really goes back to that. Now, I'm not talking about. Notice how I'm avoiding my own psychology about myself in this right. conversation. Well, who's talking about themselves? <laughs> I'm just talking generally. But no, so it's interesting though because you witness parents now and how they're called helicopter parents yeah. and they're always hovering over the kids and they pay attention to yes, every thought and much. feeling and action and everything they do. And it's like the kids have no space to breathe. It's like, let these kids fucking go on their own a little and experience life a little bit. Mm. I'm not talking about dangerously, but just to get out and have the space. So it's like, I think it's about, you know, opposite ends of the spectrum. We're talking about a medium here mm -hmm. and the fact that, you know, maybe that's the advancement that the new generation raising children is very attentive. And that's great. You know, maybe it's about the fact that they're doing better than their parents did, where when we were kids, you know, maybe we weren't really asked a lot what we thought or felt or what our opinion was. And so I think a lot of people really appreciate that now because they just didn't get it then. Right. And so I think it's about finding a new way of thinking about yourself. And I, you know, it, it really relates to self-esteem. I mean, it really goes to that. The more that I feel like I'm being heard, the better I feel about myself because there's some inherent quality about myself, some visceral part of myself as a human being where unconsciously I'm like, oh, I'm valuable. This person actually Absolutely. cares. Absolutely. And it's like when I'm not getting heard, I don't, it's not that I don't feel that great about myself, but I definitely don't feel that great about the relationship or whoever I'm interacting right. with because to me, it's a high value, not only for me to get, but for me to give to the other person. Yeah. Yeah. I do actually, well, first of all, you know, you know me well enough to know that I deeply connect with the idea of, I mean, one of the reasons that I've made a living out of question asking is because probably because I felt more told than asked as a kid. And so, you know, doctor heal thyself, right? Everybody, I th or I think most of us take on whatever our adult profession is or passion based on wanting to heal or fix things that were voids for us when we were kids for whatever reason that happened, whatever dynamic that was. Mm -hmm. Almost doesn't matter. But the point is, is that in me, it created a very, very uh, deep and, you know, at this point, probably pretty well honed desire to ask questions and some people get annoyed as hell by me and my question asking but it's very genuine I've had a lot of people tell you I feel like I'm being interviewed by you on a you know with a new friend or a first date or something and it's mm. not my intention mm. it's a genuine sense of curiosity and it's a genuine sense of wanting to listen mm. um that said and I also feel that there is a cultural thing too I've noticed mm. Uh, I don't want to make any big sweeping generalizations, but I do feel like with different p cultural and maybe even different like religious upbringings, let's just say in a Jewish family, an Italian family versus a Protestant family, as a loosey-goosey example, 
you know, we were brought, um, maybe Jews and Italians were brought up with a lot more conversation and a lot more sharing and a lot more emotive. And maybe a Protestant family was brought up with more restraint in that area. Mm. So some of it's attributable to, to that as well. I think there's a whole plethora of reasons. Mm. But I still think there's so many people day to day that just don't give a rat's ass what other people have to say or even out my dad has a friend who asks questions and then doesn't wait for the answer mm. so he still wants to hear himself talk that's not a genuine question that mm. you're asking right i just know for me it really is a good day to your point about feeling connected mm. when i feel like i can have an intimate exchange with someone where i feel heard mm. it makes me feel better about my day and or if i can offer it to someone else and they feel heard same thing. It really makes me feel like I, you know, like it's been a better day. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember even Oprah Winfrey talking about that when someone asked her about being an interviewer. And I think she distilled her, you know, her into all of humanity and her experience with interviewing people into three things. But the one that I really remember is that everybody wants to feel heard. Everyone wants to feel like they have a voice that matters to somebody. Yeah. It's so great because in a way we're talking about something, you know, practicing something new in another way. It's kind of an easy thing to practice. It's just like, let, so me, sh- easy. let me shut my mouth and listen. <laughs> and I remember when I was in sales, they used to say you have two ears and one mouth for a reason because you're supposed to listen twice as much as you talk. Mm. So that was a way to connect <laughs> with that. customers by just listening to what they said. And the more I listened, the more sales I got because people could sense that I cared. I used to always tell guys that I worked with in car sales or just sales in general. And just in general, I say that people aren't stupid. They can feel when you care. They feel when you don't give a shit about them. They know that on some level, they know it. Even the person that you think is completely out of there and uh, stupid or dumb or whatever you want to label them on some level, they get it. They know where they're safe. They know where they're not. They know where it's warm. They know where it's cold. They know when someone cares and when someone doesn't. And it's like, at the same time, we're talking about something, it's kind of easy to start practicing it, you know? And this kind of goes back to meditation and intuition a little bit. I'm going to sort of tie this all in together, connect the dots. Because when I meditate and I'm really connected with my intuition, sometimes when I'm talking to a friend on the phone, like you called me the other day, you said, I really need to talk. And we ended up talking for like an hour or whatever. And it's like, oh my God, was it that long? I, I don't <laughs> Did know. I need to talk about that for that long? It was fine, Callie, because <laughs> I just listened. <laughs> <laughs> hate to think that that thing took up that much time but anyway no, I don't continue remember. it was fine anyway so <laughs> sometimes when i talk to somebody who's in distress or really needs to talk or whatever my intuition says just listen don't even say anything you don't need to say anything at all just listen to them and i just let them vent i let them talk because a lot of times they weren't given that forum whether they were a kid or even as an adult and it's something nice that i can offer them that i can do you know, and I'm appreciative of it. I'm appreciative of it. My shrink that um, I haven't seen in a while. I think I probably need to, I probably need a little tune up with her soon. But You're like, I need directions how to get back to that office. <laughs> it's, it's August. So, you know, that, you know, shrinks are on vacation in August. She said something to me once that was so beautiful. We were talking, um, she, she was previously a um, cancer nurse. And she would talk about how often family members of people that were 
in pain, dying very, very sick, would come in or friends, and they wouldn't know what to do. They wouldn't know how to handle the situation because it was uncomfortable or unfamiliar. And she said the ones where, where it really worked and what patients really, really wanted was just to be in the room and maybe holding the person's hand. Yeah. Not to futz with the flowers, not to fix anything, not to get too deep, not to make any adjustments. Well, you could kind of, that, that, that analogy is coming to mind as we're talking about this now. Mm-hmm. It's really just as simple as just being, having an open heart and showing somebody that you care. Yeah. It's really simple. So why do you think it doesn't happen more often? I don't know, Callie. I was hoping you had the uh, ever-elusive answer to I these think, questions. I think we need reminders. I think we need reminders about the basics in life. And I think one of my goals for this show is to remind people about the basics. Please, thank you. I love you. I appreciate you. You're welcome. I care about you. Call me if you need someone to listen. Like just basic things, I think, is one of the things I'm trying to remind people about and remind myself about. I can get caught up in my own stuff and mm-hmm. forget about wanting to care about people. And then some days I don't care yeah. about anybody. Yeah, so it's just very natural not to care. Yeah, it's sort of like just reminding ourselves about things that kindergartners are taught. You know, a lot of the things I think we're taught in kindergarten, yeah, they apply. we could really use as far as any point in our adulthood just to remember, you know? I've really been, and I offer this as a, you know, an exercise, almost like a little game that I try to play with myself. But again, I, I have to remember because it's not a reflexive thing every day. But it's to, you know, I have people, let's just, even in my building where I live, my apartment building, I'm even thinking of someone that I crossed paths with actually today, and I went through this exercise with myself. And sometimes I fail, and sometimes I succeed. This is a a woman who is known as a real pain in the tush to most everybody that I'm aware of in, in the building. That's her reputation. That's the moniker that's kind of projected and attached to her. Mm. She even says it about herself. Mm. So imagine that this, every time you cross paths, this is probably not the first person you want to listen to active, active listening. We call it right. That said, she often will plow immediately into a conversation, kind of get into your space. So I've been trying to practice, and it's not that I want a relationship with this person, but I'm just trying to open up my mind and my heart a little bit more to be more present because she seems to need it. Right. And so it just happened yesterday uh, where I she started talking to me. We ended up leaving the building at the same time. It's one of those funny things where you don't want to walk in the same rhythm with somebody, so you're waiting for somebody to fall behind and someone. Right. And I'm thinking, no, I'm not going to play that game. I'm just going to continue to walk with her and listen to her. Um, and sometimes I wanted to avert my eyes and then I kind of bring myself back, but it was just one moment where I was trying to break my own pattern of not doing it well. Yeah. And it's pretty doable if you just decide and it can make a difference on both sides. Again, not in a righteous way. It can help the person that needs the ear Mm -hmm. and on a good day can also enrich the person that's listening or at least make you feel better that maybe you did a little mitzvah. Yeah. Even if it didn't enrich you and there was, it was just a bunch of babble that you never need to hear again. Yeah. You know, well, you know that expression, like do something nice for somebody today. It's like, no, that's, I don't know what that means. Yeah. No, I'm, just I'm just kidding. Callie and I have been going over this for years. I'm still trying to teach her about this to try and do one nice thing a day for somebody. No. So actually you probably taught me that, but anyway, um, 
And that's an easy thing to do is to listen to somebody. But you bring up a really good point. It's like, when is it over listening? When is it too much? When is it boundaryless where the person's just complaining all the time and they're never getting to the solution and you're not helping them by sort of enabling them just to complain and go on and on and on. When I talk about venting, that's different than incessant complaining where you're staying in the problem. I think venting is a normal part of the human experience. And a lot of times, especially when I'm really angry, my friends know just to let me go on the phone or in person. I just need to get this energy out of my system, get the anger out, and then I can start focusing on the solution or calm down enough to hear the solution. But I'm a very passionate guy, and sometimes that passion means that I got to get that energy out. And On your time, like in the moment. Yeah. Yeah, in your own time. not. but I think it's about, okay, so we're trying to practice listening. We want to help other people. We want to help ourselves because we feel good about it. At the same time, we want to have a boundary. We want to have a certain right. space where it's like, all right, yeah, I think I've done enough listening. And My egg timer, yeah. my egg timer's run out. Thank oh, wait, you. did Good. you hear that? It just went <laughs> off. Yeah. So I think it's about sort of, you know, watching that as well because certain people, you know, you call them narcissists or people that are self-centered or whatever, sometimes... They just want to talk and talk and talk. And it's not only about them getting support, but it's about monopolizing the whole conversation or relationship. And that's a whole other story. That's a whole other story. And I call it taking up a lot of space in the room or taking a lot of air out of the room. And I have such inner narcissist repellent built into my bones. Yeah. That this one's a big one for me. I see it really quickly. I probably have less tolerance than a lot of people do. Mm-hmm. And I'm not necessarily proud of that. Mm-hmm. And I don't know where I sit with this. I waver based on the point you just made. Because in some ways, it's a self-protective mechanism. Not to engage in conversations where, where there is no conversation. Mm-hmm. Where you're basically just there and someone's splattering onto you. And it could just as well be the guy you know that next to you. Right, And there's no real exchange or sense of anything. It's completely, so what do you do in that situation? And I'm inconsistent, so I'm kind of posing this as a rhetorical question. Mm-hmm. There are times where I probably try to stretch and just kind of be there to um, try to invest as best I can and be there for the person. Um, and then there are times where I shut down so quickly that I'll either leave or ignore it or move away and and unapologetically as well. So I'm really, I'm not sure that I I know what my place is and all that yet. And then the other point that you bring up, which is a big one too, is where I've had, I'm I'm thinking of one very close friend in particular. You know what? I don't even, I don't even want to single one person out, but I've had experiences where um, friends have an ongoing issue that lasts for years and years and years and years. And it's about the same person, the same person, the same dynamic, the same issue for years and years and years. Right now, you know, I love my, friends dearly and yet number one there are times where you get tired of hearing it there are Mm. times where I feel like maybe I can't even be helpful or it's you know again I don't know where I sit with that so I am inconsistent Mm. um so I'm not sure what I'm I guess I'm just posing these questions like how do you know where your boundaries are with someone who's narcissistic somebody who's repetitive where Mm. you really don't feel like being a good listener that day yeah, well, I, I think it depends on each person, you know, because while you're talking, I'm thinking about how I have friends who where it's 
there's a lot of equality in the friendship or whatever where I listen to them, they listen to me, you know, and it's very supportive either way. And then there are other people that just aren't able to do that. And I usually don't interact with a lot of people like that. Right. I just, I think one of the things about getting older and experiencing life more is we realize we have limited energy. And sometimes I just don't have time and energy and space for people that can't give back what I'm giving and no offense to them, but it's like, I just don't spend a lot of time with them and that's all right. You know, it's, it's, everyone's on their own path. Everyone's at their own stage of evolution and practicing different things and focusing on different things, you know? And one of the things that I really value is the ability and the gift of, of being heard, you know? I recently, I mentioned um, two of these people uh, a few episodes ago because I just come from a retreat that they were sponsoring, a weekend getaway, kind of a mindfulness retreat. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, then the other day, uh, something that I'm working on, another, somebody, I'm cheating on you because there's a podcast that I'm producing for a media company. Mm-hmm. And we were testing out these two. There's uh, lots of Callie to go around. <laughs> Callie can do it all. Uh, and they're both um, Buddhist I guess they call themselves Buddhist priests or uh, monks, but between them and the uh, other uh, hosts of this retreat that also are practicing Buddhist slash mindful people, it was just amazing how the energy, and it's not like we got into anything too deep or there were probably moments because it wasn't about me. I mean, we were working and it was about me producing them or whatever, but just Mm -hmm. their energy and their eye contact and their genuine they were so genuine in really hearing and feeling and taking in whatever I was saying. It was palpable. Like it was a visceral experience. Mm-hmm. Um, really beautiful. And that's on the other extreme side of the continuum because they're in the business of super mindfulness and meditating for many hours every day. Mm-hmm. But um, maybe this is where, again, more uh, props to meditation because it really is a tool to get you into a place where you can make space for other people, I think. Yeah. And when you communicate, you're using your mind, body and soul. So it's like everything's connected at the same time. Sometimes it's very challenging to listen. Like when you're in an argument, you know, mm, and good example, there's Absolutely. High emotions going. And I have this thing about being interrupted. It's one of my triggers when people interrupt me, even when I'm talking like this, I've had people in my life that while I'm in the middle of a sentence, they'll interrupt me, which tells mm-hmm. me they're not listening. Yes. And I just, I just get so angry. Yes. I, and it's something I've tried to work on where I don't get as upset about it. And yeah, I think I've made a lot of progress with that, but yeah. And at the same time, it's like, I shouldn't point fingers because I can interrupt somebody, especially if we're in an argument and I want to get my point across and I want to say what I have to say. And I think that's, I'm just thinking now, that's something really for me to keep practicing, to try and calm down, let the other person be heard. Um, Because a lot of times in an argument, it's the main thing going on is no one's listening to each other. Absolutely. And it's about calming down and being like, all right, I disagree with you in a very intense way. And there's a lot of emotions going on, but I'm still going to sit still and let you be heard and then say, after I've listened to you, I still disagree with you. And that's something I think we all could work on because especially when you're in a fight or an argument that, um, that just takes a lot of anything constructive happening away or it, it removes any possibility of something constructive happening because again, no one is really hearing each other. 
That's a really um, that's a, that makes me think too because I uh, I'm lucky I haven't really had any major fights or arguments with anybody that I can in in recent memory, mm. but I have had plenty of them over the years, and that is a time when I'm really really weak on the listening uh, scale because and also probably in situations where I don't feel like someone has my better interest at heart or where I'm working with someone and we don't have we have differing views or they're trying to overtake me or control mm-hmm. my place and things so I guess the common denominator there is when I don't feel safe yeah then I'm more busy being right than I am being present which is not you know that's obviously requires some work on them but that's where I definitely fail to be the listener that I pride myself to be it's much harder to do that and you're right that's the test yeah, that's well, the test. And yeah, again, we're practicing this stuff. You know, it's stuff that we're never going to perfect, and we don't have to. We just have to keep trying to be better. That's right. Try to keep being better. I think it's just a matter of. I mean, with all <clears> these <throat> things that we talk about, I and I try to take them home with me and really try to walk the walk as best I can when you know when we have these conversations. But I think it's just taking little baby steps every day, picking one little thing and trying to practice it. Yeah. Whatever it is. Yeah. Right. And that's, I think, what we're trying to do with the show is we're trying to remind people about these little basic things that we can practice to make ourselves feel better and to make a difference. We really want to try and make a difference. And you know what, Callie? I think we made a difference with this episode. Oh, you do? You don't think that that's self aggrandizing and narcissistic? No, I just. Do you think people want to hear you say that? I don't care. (laughs) I think, uh, no, I. I do. I really do. No, I um, I think it was a good episode, and I appreciate you being here. I appreciate Joe, the engineer. Thank you, Joe. We want to thank everybody for listening, everything they've been saying, talking about, going on Facebook, going on emailing us, and going on iTunes, giving us good ratings. We really appreciate it. If you want to send us any ideas for the show, you have a challenge you want us to talk about on the show, you can email us at the Rob and Callie Show at gmail.com. If you want to find out more about me, you can go to robk.com. And if you'd like to find out more about me, please find me at Callie Alpert. I forgot my website. CallieAlpert.com. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Take care, y'all. See ya.